Why? Why? How about because this is the most important thing that ever happened in the history of the world? Just another movie night. Hello and welcome to the show. I am Scott. And I'm Joe. And we're Just Another Movie Night. And this is before and after reviews where we go see a brand new movie in the theater and give our thoughts before and after. And today we're seeing Oppenheimer. Today is a special episode, by the way. This is a year we've been doing the show. Yay! Yeah, before and after and our other show, Talking Trash. Talking Trash. So, yeah, it's a year. <laughs> and uh, what other way to celebrate with a bonus episode we normally don't do? We usually only pick one movie a week. But this is one of those weekends where everybody's talking about the two movie releases, which is doesn't always happen. Usually it's always one that everybody's talking about. Uh, this week they got a weird event where people have called it Barbie Hammer, um, Barbenheimer. I think it's Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, okay. Whatever. Yeah, and, and we uh, unfortunately, we, well, not unfortunately, I actually enjoyed the movie. Um, we chose Barbie first, but we had something else going on off run, and here we are on Sprout. So, yeah, this is uh, Oppenheimer. Uh, I think this is going to be a three-hour film. Christopher Nolan, all-star cast, and insane cast. Gotta um, make sure we pee before we go in. Don't drink copious amounts of water while we're there. Oh, yeah. Because I'm I not going to want to get up during Sweating. the movie. I never get up during the movie. I hate it. Yeah, I never do. But three hours is a long time, you know, especially for us old fuckers. I, I think also because uh, you kind of know it's three hours. And you're like, your mind starts playing with it. Although, a lot of movies we see that are three hours, if they're good, you don't even know. You don't feel it. Like Lord yeah. of the Rings. I, I think Mission Impossible was a very long film. And yeah, uh, I didn't feel 45. it. I didn't want it to end. Not even gonna lie, I, I felt like it should just keep going. Uh, but yeah, we saw Barbie already, and uh, I enjoyed that. That's uh, we have that episode out already, and uh, I'm excited because if that was any indication of this weird phenomenon that has blown up on social media and the internet uh, of this two movie clashing thing and such different types of movies, if that's any indication already, enjoying one of them. Then the other one, I have even more high hopes for, especially since it's a Christopher Nolan film. Same. Well, not only do we really love Christopher Nolan, but um, the subject matter in this movie is way different than Barbie. Exactly. Yeah. So it's way different. Polar so I'm really excited to like have one end of the spectrum. Yeah. And then you know the other end. Yeah, that's what uh, kind of has me excited. Also. You, when you see these all-star casts and you see a great director tackling a, a biopic mm-hmm. that's huge subject matter, uh, you I kind of automatically get really, you know, uh, hopeful for the best case scenario, you know? I will admit, I think you agree with me on this, is that in the trailer, Matt Damon has a forced line of dialogue that does not seem genuine in his acting. It seems a bit extra. I did yeah. point it out during the trailer. I'm like, okay, well, that line too. delivery was a little bit 
almost cartoonish and bad movie-esque. Well, I think that that line could be, because it is important, and this is a huge thing that happened in our history. And You'll plug in the line here, I'm guessing. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, hopefully if I can. Um, But also, uh, it doesn't feel genuine coming from him. It, It feels, I think the actor could definitely make it sound like it's real, like bring it to the screen. But for some reason, this line is just not delivered. And I want to see how it's actually done in film. Mm-hmm. Because when you cut these lines into a trailer, it usually like knocks it down. And yeah. so I'm thinking that while we're watching the movie, we won't even have that problem. But that's something we definitely both noticed. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. But otherwise, I, I was very intrigued watching the trailer. I've seen the trailer many, many times. Many times. And um, on social media, there are a lot of people talking about this film and it is actually getting great reviews on social media yeah and i think and and i don't know if you feel the same but i have this uh this idea that regardless because of the phenomenon that has started on the internet between the two movies um regardless i had a a thought that barbie would get destroyed by critics because Mm -hmm. it's so overly hyped and when something gets overly hyped that also has a subject matter that some people just can't get on board with it automatically gets destroyed, mm-hmm. overly destroyed. And I'm already seeing that with Barbie. It's getting terrible reviews from the, especially the um, the internet uh, reviewers and uh, the community. But I think that flip side happens now is that Oppenheimer, because of that, will get huge reviews. Mm-hmm. Regardless, even if it's like, you know, lesser or something's wrong with it, people are going to give it overhype. Because the other one, the hype between these two and them being so polar opposite, and it's also Christopher Nolan, people love him and gush about his films regardless. And I'm wondering if that same thing is going to happen here. I'm very interested in seeing that, because especially since Barbie was the one that you knew was going to make the money. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it sure is. And as of this recording... It is making more money than Oppenheimer, and that is angering people even more. And I think the reviews are going to get even higher. Yeah. So well, unfortunately, I, I feel like there's, like like you said, the movies are so polar opposite that I, I feel kind of strange. Like I know that they were released at the same time, but like you cannot even. There's no comparison here. No. There's just none. No, it's so, just the joke about. Yeah, like two I, different things. Yeah, and Barbie's clashing. gonna pull in all the money, and it's yeah. and one is would be seen as huge feminism movie, and the other one is the most male driven thing ever. Explosions mm-hmm. versus Pink, right? You know what I mean? And I think that's where the clash came from. The meme started. Yeah, because yeah, that I mean that is almost playing two sides of the field. You know what I mean? Like. I think there's a lot of ideas that men can't go see Barbie and men are only going to go see Oppenheimer. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that is a thing, but I found that so fascinating that I was glad we watched Barbie first. Mm -hmm. Um, Me too. And uh, uh, yeah, a lot of the the men are on social media are just destroying Barbie. Yeah. Zeros. Uh, Just destroying it. It's just ridiculous. So, so ridiculous. Yeah. But whatever. Um, I'm, I'm stoked to see this movie. I think it's going to be, yeah, very uh this the scope of it is going to be pretty epic yeah technically uh, on that level of nolan's filmmaking yeah he does practical a lot of practical effects and he has an incredible eye so right there in filmmaking standpoint 
it's going to be something visually to just overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. So that is a plus. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. So, um, all right, then let's... Yeah, let's go see it. Let's go see it. Three hours later. And we're back. We just saw Oppenheimer and uh, Christopher Nolan's three-hour Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, start with uh, positives. You, you want to go first or you want me? Yeah, go ahead. But don't mix into the negatives. Give me some positives. Give me some, baby. Give me some. <laughs> okay, so positives brilliantly acted. Um, yeah. Brilliantly uh, directed. Yeah, I was going to say with acting, can we we'll just say uh, Robert Downey Jr. Okay, Robert Downey Jr. was freaking phenomenal. He was really good in this. He was great in this. Um, I know Killian Murphy, he's front and center. He did a fantastic job also. He's surrounded by so many people, though, right? This, this cast is so... I mean, it's such an ensemble cast. You, There's not one person in this movie that you won't recognize from something else if you don't know them by name like we do. But um, this cast was massive. Yeah. It was the... Um, Did you hear that? Uh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that the, the visuals on this, too, there were some beautiful things that, that Nolan did here. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say to your uh, actors thing about how all the Hall of Fame actors. Uh-huh. Did you hear the Matt Damon thing where he said um, him and his wife were having problems or something? And uh, he, I don't know what's going on there. But he said uh, he told her that he was going to take a break from acting unless Christopher Nolan called. Oh, no way. And he called. No way. For this movie. And he was like, it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah. So I, mean, I think that's what every actor in this film was like. I don't care if I'm just in one scene. Right. Well, a lot of actors had just the one scene. And some of they, them are weird. Like, yeah, I was like, some Why of them are very this? weird. But um, I'm still going on to positives. That's another thing I wanted to mention. I thought Matt Damon did good. I thought he did good. And um, Yeah, we talked about that line in the opening. And mm-hmm. I, did, I did think they cut it. That's why it maybe felt so weird was because he's dropping a lot of F-bombs in the real version. Right, yes. And yes. Uh, it did feel like, shut the fuck up. You know, this is... Yeah, this in, is serious. This important. is like in yeah, serious. It stuff. was played way better in the mm-hmm. film than it did in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I really uh, appreciated the acting in this. I thought it was fantastic. Everyone, every single person, did a great job in this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And you said directing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like again, the cinematography, the score. In this film. The score, yeah. The score was intense, right? Yeah. I mean, you felt... I mean, not just because our... You know, the sound... The sound was loud in our theater enough that it would... It when something happened, it would shake us. Yeah. That's but what it, they wanted. But it just... It kind of just went right through you. All yeah. the... Yeah. The music and everything. It was... It was breathtaking. Yeah. I, and I, I was going to say the score uh, and the sound mixing and editing. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't really understand that. But here... Every sound was purpose, like just had this incredible, like you said, jarring shock Mm -hmm. in the audience. And he did it really well. The way they use silence and then use Yes. Building you up the whole movie with shock. And then when when it came time to the bomb, playing with you. Yes, because then it was complete silence. Yeah. And then the jarringness of it, like it just completely shook you to your core when they did release the sound of it. And it and was just, oh my God, mind-boggling. That uh, build-up that he 
cleverly used throughout the film of jarring noises and explosions throughout the whole film, getting you to that moment and then playing with it. Yeah. And then making it feel like it was more. Yeah. Uh, it, it I think it was really nailed it. Yeah, it that, shook you up a lot. It. it was, that was incredible. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what was the, uh, uh, well, I said cinematography. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Once again, I mean, always. Casting was fantastic. Um, I, 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 I can go on, I guess, about the actors. I just thought everybody was fantastic in this. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a good segue into a couple negatives. Um, because... Well, we could just talk about how hunky Josh Hartnett got. Because <laughs> well, yeah. that's one thing we I'm mentioned when we left. I, I mean... As a, as a man... I said to you right after the theater, right after we left, the first thing I said to you, because usually we don't talk about the movies at all, but I had to say to you, man, Josh Hartnett's looking really good. Mm-hmm. Like, man, he, he's a damn good looking man he, in his older age. Yeah, he looks better now than he ever did when, you know, he, he was making those 90s movies and he had that bar- yeah. haircut. Even in um, uh, Beyond the Sea, mm-hmm. uh, that Black Mirror episode that he just did, he yeah. didn't look like this to me. No. In this, he looked like... Some kind of action star from uh, the the early days. Like, he, he looked like a, a GQ model. He looked he, really good. His hair was perfect. He was very bulky too. Kind yeah. of, we, were t- <laughs> we could he, talk about how he good can looking wear, he is. He can wear clothes too. He can really wear clothes. But yeah. Um, anyway, so continue. No, I was just gonna say a good segue into the um, uh, a negative that I noticed was uh, here. Um, I just blanked out on the actress's name. Florence Pugh. No, the other one. Emily Blunt. Thank you. I just blanked. Um, I guess Josh Hartnett. Uh, he uh, he tricked my mind a little did, bit. Did there. he do something to your feels? <laughs> well, I was gonna say Emily Blunt, who I usually love, mm-hmm. felt extremely over the top in this film. Here's the thing about that. Uh, yes, I I do think she she did a good job. She did a, a an okay job. She was she was good. However, I do feel that her accent kept coming and going. Oh, um, yeah, I guess that's true, too. And I'm not talking about the British accent, either. I'm talking about how she portrayed to have, like, she she was portrayed as an American woman. Yeah. But she sometimes had some kind of, like, a thing going on with her accent. Yeah. And so. I don't think they, the way that they, I wonder how much footage was filmed for this movie and deleted. Because I didn't think they did her any justice as a character or as an actor, because... Every time they would cut back to her, it was an intense scene of her screaming about something. Mm-hmm. Or like, uh, they kept cutting back and she had the same line of dialogue virtually every time. Um, Stick up for yourself. That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work for me. It did not click. You know, almost because I feel, though, that I don't, I don't, I didn't feel that he and, like, the two of them were in love. I didn't get that vibe. No, they also, didn't even establish like, it. He, it was not anything there. No, there wasn't any establishment at all. It, it also, they kind of pinpointed the fact that he has a very crazy, rep, you know, thing with women. Like, he, he his, yeah. the women that he dates or he goes after, and he's also, like, a womanizer, he, he doesn't, they're, they're not really very balanced. It, no, and honestly, it was one of those movies that, showed women terribly in a weird way where I feel like Florence uh, Florence Pugh and um, uh, um, I just I keep blanking. I don't know why I keep blanking on uh, Emily Blunt. Sorry. Oh Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh both are portrayed as 
complete disasters of human beings. Yes, they both are. And, and mm-hmm. that seems really one-sided to those characters and who they are. Well, here's and the I thing, feel bad don't in history. Like, yeah, I feel do... bad for history. Like, that's that's a shame. Yeah. Because they, this movie is like... And, and what's really funny is the way that they keep saying that he's a womanizer because there's a third woman they just randomly say oh oh that was a thing too yeah um they they skirt they like scooch that right under the carpet mm-hmm. and i was like that's kind of a that's kind of a cop out i mean i'd like to do some reading on these women yeah. and see what was really true and what was not because the character of his wife in the movie emily blunt's character she seemed to not at all want to be like a mother or a wife or anything um i would like to know the real story of that if that's true yeah absolutely and also in the end she's played all of a sudden jarringly out of nowhere in a way that it doesn't really work because her character was never really established at all she's just shown Mm -hmm. um at the end they suddenly just make her into a badass yeah and it it just it does not work because the character was never even built up. And I feel like that's a, that's the thing for a lot of characters in this movie. There is, and I guess that is probably my biggest negative for this film, is that Nolan isn't primarily, primarily done action. Mm-hmm. And him trying to do drama you can feel the action director on top of it because this movie never stops. There is hardly a moment of breathing. There is hardly a moment to take in what some of the things are happening. The music is intense over some dialogue sometimes. Um, Right in the opening 15 minutes, this movie just does not let up. It's just explosion, sound effects, faces. It's going intensely out of control in an almost way that feels almost like an action film. Yeah. But by trying to also do something important and have a, a deal with a conversation about a man who is full of layers and attached to what our to what America is, mm-hmm. so much so it's like so ingrained like integrated with our what has happened in our history, this man. And that's fascinating. His connections to other people is fascinating. Mm-hmm. So many characters come and go through this film. None of them are given moments. They're just there quickly. And you really just start noticing them because of the actors. Yeah. But not ever told who really they are, what do they play, what parts they play. Um, a lot of people died. There's some deaths on the Manhattan Project. And I don't even think this movie didn't even. It's, it really got around that too, which is odd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that they, with three hour, with a three hour runtime. Yeah, that's what you can see sped. I, I feel like, you know, he had a lot to get through. Yeah. And I can imagine that it was very difficult for him, with especially with a huge ensemble cast like yeah. this and having to in, integrate all of these people, these real-life human beings, into this. Yeah. And uh, I can imagine that must have been so trying for him. Um, but I would love to know some of these backstories just a little bit yeah. i know he didn't have time you know oh, that's what i'm but... saying this must have been a huge script and a crazy amount of editing must have happened during this film yeah and you can tell because while it's never letting up i know he probably filmed moments of 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 calm moments yeah. to take in what has just happened mm-hmm. well that being said some of the uh action director part of him really came in well with especially with 
there's amazing shots of his panic. And that was one of my favorite things. Yeah, the use of like vibrating things around him, the 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 light, the flash of light, the things like that. Some of that stuff was really really well done. Yeah, when he had his um when Oppenheimer had his like panic attacks and he couldn't control like his emotions were just running wild, Nolan would put crazy things in the background like shaking violently, violent shaking backgrounds and use that sound and too. Use that, that amazing that sound. That sound that's just like it's piercing into your soul and you can feel the emotion that the character is going through and I thought that was really awesome. I love that. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. And, and I would say those scenes, some of those scenes uh, also have another great acting performance in them. That's uh, Jason Clark has a couple moments where I was like, damn, Jason damn. Clark is kicking yeah, ass in this Jason moment Clark, too. Yeah, Jason Clark, he's pissed. There are so many <laughs> good performances that came and went throughout this film, which was shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure who's playing um, Albert Einstein. Um, I know I know the actor, but some of these actors looked unrecognizable. Like we kept yes. seeing people were like, "Is that what's his face?" Like, uh, I, I mean, couldn't believe it that it was um, the guy from Ten Things I Hate About You." Yeah, I, I just couldn't believe David Crumholtz. Like he just looks so different. Yeah, he's he's gotten a little heavier. Yeah, and you'll notice him. Like you'll notice this. He still has the same face, but like he's in Ten Things I Hate About You. He's the friend of yeah. Cameron. Who says, "I have a dick on my face, don't I?" <laughs> it's like he says he he looked like such a skinny guy. You know, it was only yeah. 14 years ago. You know, it wasn't that long ago that Can Hardly Wait. I'm sorry, uh, Ten Things I Hate About You came out, and so he's like just completely transformed his himself yeah. for this movie. It's crazy. So, but, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's funny, and I also thought about this during the movie, was every time there's one of these movies about a famous person and it's done by a big director, I noticed that their cast overloads. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking about Oliver Stone's JFK or Nixon or um, oh, who's another director that also did that with just like billions of cameos for uh, his movie. Uh, that's how this movie was. I could not stop going. Holy shit! What is that person doing there? <laughs> well, that, oh, that person's in the scene. Yeah, you know, I kept doing like it. Like Rami Malek. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was. I'm weird. like, and what? Then, and but then it came back of why, and I was like, he's got to have a moment. Yeah, here. he because he's an Oscar winner. Yeah. So throw him in as a cameo. I'm yeah. like, no, 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 you're not going to do that. Oh, oh, I I laughed that all of a sudden in one scene. Uh, what was it? I said, uh, 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 Raymar. Yeah, came James, in. James, James Remar just shows mm-hmm. up. Um, it's, it's, I just kept being shocked, and every time they had a room full of famous people, like did, having conversations in this intense Nolan directing, mm-hmm. I was completely in, absorbed in the film. Yeah, there was a room. There was a one moment where it's circling around a table with flowers in the middle, and they have to keep moving the flowers, and everybody's like <laughs> moving them, and. It's just so many people getting a line in here and there. And you're just like, holy shit, this room. <laughs> this room is incredible of actors. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, there were so many things to be impressed about here. So many things to enjoy and, and like. And while I feel that the movie is definitely playing it loose, and I think that he does this really brilliant thing where he uses the loss of color, he goes into black and white for scenes that are not necessarily how it really happened. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because those are the, most of the scenes uh, how we know. But um, I could be wrong with that. A, a lot of those scenes have to do with uh, um, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, storytelling. Yeah. And that's really, really interesting. 
And I thought that was a really unique thing, especially since the movie's talking about, um, he keeps telling a story about the stars going out and sucking in color and light. You know, and yeah. uh, then those black and white scenes come in and it feels almost like that, you know. And I thought that was a really, really in smart and clever way to film certain scenes. Although it's hard to tell what in history he was playing loose with. You know, a, a lot of these things feel like, okay, there's no way that happened that way. Yeah. You know? I, I feel like, well, he had to take some kind of like, oh, of course, when you, you make know, a biography. Yeah. You have to, you can't to shove take... it all together. Yeah, he he probably took some liberties like with certain things too because I mean it was a very long time ago and those you know nobody really can validate those conversations true, and things true. like that you know because everyone's gone but um, it's I, I feel like for him to make this three hours I think that was like really probably difficult to do you yeah. know because he, he probably could have made an easy five hour movie yeah. But um, but by the way, I want to tell you uh, that actor you're looking for, um, Albert Einstein, is named Tom Conti. Oh, I think yeah. he's a oh. British actor, um, and he was definitely made up in makeup. Oh that, yeah, like, oh he, I, he's I know, younger, I know who he is. Younger uh, guy. That's what um, I was saying. Like he was in Paddington too. You know, he played the judge. He's been in uh, Dark Knight Rises. He was one of the prisoners. He, he's like in stuff, but like not anything that's like that. You know, he's a lead actor in that I, I that we've seen. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he, like, I definitely thought I knew who he definitely was, but uh, that's uh, Nolan using his favorite people, and he does that heavily here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. One cameo in particular jarred me. I did not expect whatsoever. Um, that was really interesting, but that was another yeah. Nolan person. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I actually forgot halfway through that this was actually a Christopher Nolan film because I was like, oh yeah. Oh, now, now I saw, oh, I see this person. Now I remember now it is a Christopher Nolan movie because we got those cameos that we're so used to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 there was, a, there's a lot to be impressed about here. Definitely. It was, it was. It's going to be one of those Oscar movies that's going to win oh, all those technical awards. Probably going to clean up. Uh, do, yeah. Now, I guess we should talk about uh, Killian Murphy. Yeah. Uh while I feel like the movie was all on his face, and he does a lot of great acting with his face, because I feel like he's almost toned down in a way. He was very, yes, like, I don't want to say monotone. I guess that's the character, of course. But it's, I guess that's who uh, Oppenheimer was. I mean, I guess I'm so. just going to go ahead and speculate on that. But yeah, um, yeah he was very reserved in this he didn't have any scenes where he just, like, um, completely blew his shit, you know? Like, yes, I feel the same way. You know what way. I mean? Like, I feel like everyone had a moment where they were just screaming or, um, you know, getting mad or, or something. Like, having some sort of an emotional scene, especially Robert Downey Jr., he, he he was he had all the scenes. He was great. Yeah. But, um, like, I feel like every character in this movie had their moment to shine and he i mean although he's the you know he carries the movie he is the lead character i feel like he was a bit reserved here yeah and like you said it it could have just been that that's who the character or the, the human being oppenheimer was but i feel like the actor killian murphy was a little bit reserved yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree know, with that. Another cameo actor that I just had to point out because I was like, I was like going to lean over to you and keep saying, oh my God, that's the guy. Oh, it was uh, Macon Blair. Um, he is, uh, he was playing his lawyer. Oh, the lawyer. He was, pl- yes. He is uh, yeah. in uh, Blue Ruin, uh, um, the, green, the Green Room, mm-hmm. where, where you know what, the Nazis. That's okay. that he's like a writer or director. He did Blue Rune. He's that's the movie. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, they changed him major big time for this because he isn't he um he he's a heavier. ginger. He's a ginger. No, isn't no, he? no, 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 no. Oh, uh, I thought he was he, who am I thinking of then? I don't know. He's also a murder party. Uh he's one of those actors that can't like I love seeing him in things. I must be thinking of somebody else. But um yeah. Uh, there's one person in here, Scott Grimes. I did not recognize him. Yeah, I saw him. I didn't recognize him. Yeah, that's it's a funny thing when you're talking about those like uh, almost those actor games. It literally shocked me every time someone showed up. I was like, oh, oh shit! I didn't know they were in this movie. You yeah, know. well, the guy who was who played Solo, right? Yes, he was the yeah, some, he was the assistant to Donnie Jr. Right? Yes. Has, okay, and he, the other one was Scott Grimes. That's right. It, it, yeah, he got because hurt. I saw I kept seeing him and I was like, that's uh, right. That's Scott Grimes. I I wasn't sure. Yeah, Couldn't even so tell. that actor's name is Alden and. Uh, Aaron never... Aaron Reich. I don't even Aaron Reich. For... Alden Aaron Reich, and um, he was great in this movie too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's a really, I would say, in the funny, in the funniest way. And I never expected this to ever be. And I thought he was just gonna be a cameo. I honestly saw this as the Robert Downey Jr. show. Like every time they got to him, I was fascinated. Yeah, that's um, the Garrison guy. That's the attorney. I'm, I'm showing Scott a picture of this actor. <laughs> yeah, he Macon is a Blair. ginger, Meek and Blair. I remember him being a ginger. He's a ginger. He might have brown hair. Nope, that's red. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> I thought you would know what I was talking about. I said blue rune. Um, um, yeah, yes, he, yes, I do recall that. My cult he, movie fans will know exactly yes, what Green Room is. The Green Room, yeah. You know what Green Room is? Yes, that's the one with Patrick. Patrick uh, Stewart. Stewart is a Nazi. He's a Nazi. Yes. Yeah. And, and he uh, played the bartender. That's Anton Yelchin yeah, in that. So, anyways, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I really saw this as the Robert Downey Jr. show because I, I just thought that he was ruling the scenes he was in, and I, I thought everything else was almost overdoing every other actor. You know, yeah. like Florence Pugh shows up and she is doing her sexual character that she kind of does in uh, Don't Don't Worry, Darling, and she just. You're not really paying. You're not looking anywhere else. I mean, you can't help because they have so many sex scenes with her all of a sudden oh, out of nowhere. Oh, she's completely naked, which is wild. Like, and I'm like, you can't pay attention to anything now. No, <laughs> like, I mean, I can't so help it. Happening. I was like, well, I'm trying to. They're trying to have a conversation while they're sitting there completely butt naked. And one and scene is very artly done, I and was I was like, like, holy shit! Wow, yeah. I'm like, they're. I'm like, wow. Pews, pews. <laughs> pews, pews. <laughs> like that's a lot of pews. <laughs> that sounds really good uh yeah well, so oh, let, wait, can I, I can just make mention of one thing and sure. it's probably a spoiler but it's a cameo I, I i hinted at something but is that the one you're gonna go for i think um i said the big one Tr- that's a nolan one truman yeah yes okay. i already kind of hinted around yeah. that somebody from christopher nolan's yeah. movie showed up that dr- a shock i was like holy shit of course chameleon and, but uh, yeah and he's actually has one of the better moments too. Yes. It was like a really good moment. Yeah, it was great. So yeah, there's a lot of great, great actors in this movie. This movie was uh, just, I mean, one big ensemble. Like, oh my god, oh my god, that person, oh my god, oh my yeah, god. And it doesn't even matter because the technical stuff is what makes this movie really stand out. The yeah. plot 
to me, the story and the, the, the script moves so quick that it's so hard to process it mm-hmm. and really get some of the things that are happening. And in some of those moments definitely needed a breathe, like a breath. Mm-hmm. Just give me a breath of air, you know, and then I'll sit back and kind of take in what I'm, I'm learning here. Yeah. But since it moves so quick, it, it's kind of hard to really absorb all that. Mm-hmm. I do think that on every other standpoint of movie making, it's pretty excellent on that, those senses. But uh, so, yeah, that being said, what what are you giving this uh, as a review, like a score? Um, I think this movie was really good. I'm, I'm going to give it a nine. I okay. thought it was really good. And here I am going an eight. Okay, well, just, yeah, that's, I, I had a feeling you were going to say that. I want to, I'm almost at a nine, but I do feel that when it's the story that feels so run through while also trying to manage so many characters Mm -hmm. and so many plot lines i mean this really becomes he actually shoots a court drama basically it becomes the movie becomes a court drama and when he films this he films it in a way where it's an action movie Mm -hmm. and i while it was so intense that you couldn't look away and it, it really was absorbing for some reason I think that a lot of the information we're being dumped through is so much and so heavy yeah. that it's hard to process 100%. It is a, it's hard to process, I, yeah. But, I mean, like I said, like, I think that he just had such a big job to do. I think he, he did it the best way that he could. I thought he did a great job. I love the directing. I thought that he did a great job, and I thought the actors were great. So Yeah, I, and I, I agree. And, and on that sense, I do want to go higher. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it just gets back down because of how much is happening, how quickly it is. You know? Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know. If I, that's like that and the Emily Blunt thing, those are like the two major things that you're like, you know? Well, oh, the, let's face facts. The story itself is the thing that's the most important because yeah. that's the thing we're watching, right. we're learning about. And I feel, I feel like I have a hard time remembering half the characters' names. Like A lot of the time they didn't say they didn't say their names. I'm not going to lie to you. They say their names in a way where it's passing, and it's also with music playing, and it's hard to know. Some of the things like come back, you would have to be, like, really already, like, filled with information about this history already to know half of it. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to learn a little bit I while well, I did in Oppenheimer's life and the crazy stuff that he kind of went through. Mm-hmm. I feel like I still don't know who he is. Right. Like, now you have I, to definitely do some yeah, reading. You kind of just are thrown into his midlife, at, like while he's about to become. At one point, he's just like, I, he's with a girl. He's married. Mm-hmm. And he's at the Manhattan Project. It's just like real quick. Mm-hmm. And it's also played out of order in a lot of scenes. And it's hard to know exactly when certain things occurred in certain moments, mm-hmm. especially this um, Alfred. Uh, Albert Einstein, Oppenheimer moment at a pond that is very in the core of the movie that it's actually bookended and it's in the you know it's completely uh, bookended by that and that's important but it's hard to remember when exactly that moment is occurring right. in the films in the film's timeline. Yeah, I would like to think that they were trying to tell us by making some scenes black and white because I thought that was really. Awesome yeah, too. yeah, I kind of talked about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but just real quick, I was just looking at something while we were talking, and 
um, about the names of people and how they didn't say any of the names. I could tell you that we went through this whole movie and the uh, actor who plays Solo, Alden, he doesn't have a name in this. He's just referred to as Senate aide on IMDb. Yeah, and, and he's and he's completely a fake character. And that's that's you can tell right off the bat because yeah. the things he was saying to him, it's it felt a little out of place. It was just the audience to feed the audience what was right. happening. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely don't. We don't know who he was as a child, Oppenheimer. We don't know who his parents were. Yeah. They make a mention real quick about some stuff like that. Um, we don't know why all of a sudden the ideas are flashing in his head and he's like, I can't concentrate in school. It just happens. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the only thing. If this is a movie about him and who he is in his core. I even feel like the um, his regrets just come out of nowhere. Yeah. Instantly in the movie because they need to happen now. Right. I just don't think that he had a lot of time to plan all of these things out. Like, okay, like space everything in, you know? Yeah. Like trying to space in his personal life and, you know, his his teachings and then, you know, going on to the Manhattan Project and stuff. There's just, I mean, he he had to pepper that in, you know? And that's that's what's unfortunate. That's why, I mean... This movie is technically an 8, but I'm pushing it to a 9 simply because of just how well acted and well directed it was and the cinematography and all that. I I thought that was great. And I I actually am very intrigued by the story. Yeah, it makes me want to go look at more and read more. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I I guess that is great that the movie does that. mm -hmm. But I don't know. I, 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 I don't think I can go higher with it. But yeah, I did enjoy it and it was good. And I definitely... Uh, it'll be one of those movies that I'll think about tomorrow, and it'll probably grow on me. This is just my instant review, my yeah. instant thoughts outside of the movie. I can't imagine what the DVD release is going to have on it. <laughs> I, there's got to be so much footage not used. I mean, so yeah. much stuff you had to cut out. But all right, let's uh, let's get out of here. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one.